Hi, so my name is Connor Pierce, and you're listening to episode one of my podcast, Long Sprints and Long Talks with Connor Pierce. Um, and so I just want to start this off with a little introduction. Um, my name's Connor. I hold over six national titles over the 100 meter, 200 meter, and 400 meter distances in the T36 Paralympic classification. I'm a Team USA para sprinter. I'm a motivational speaker, author, and most recently a podcaster. And just to be clear, I'm not getting any money out of this. All of it is pure um, for pure joy. Um, and so one of my proudest experiences that I've done recently is getting to represent the United States at the Pair Pan American Games in Lima, Peru um, at the end of summer. And so I plan to talk about that in this episode. Um... So I've been running for quite some time now, um, been running track and field for a few years. And so last April, I was tapped by the USOPC, which is the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee, to be a part of the Team USA um, Parapan American Games team. And so over the next few months, there was a lot of training, a lot of paperwork, a lot of determining whether I was going to be able to go on this trip or not and be a part of this team, but I was selected around July earlier this year, so July 2019, and then after that, I continued training, training hard with my personal coach in Seattle, getting ready for these games, getting ready to run the 100 meters, and so then August rolled around, late August, I caught a plane that took me from Seattle to Houston, and then once I was there, I caught another plane that took me from Houston to Lima. And so while I was on that plane going from Houston to Lima, I met up with so many incredible Team USA athletes with from all different classifications, with all different events. You know, several of these people were world record holders, and many more of them did break the world record in, in their respective events at these games. And it was really just a neat thing for me to bond with these people, to meet them, to discuss the differences in their personal challenges, our personal challenges, and find some common ground, some common humanity in the types of things we were doing. So back to the story. Um, we get down there in Lima, Peru. We land around maybe 3 a.m. At the, at, the, at the airport down there, um, and we all get on these big buses that take us to an athlete village. This is the Pear Pan American Games athlete village, of course. We stand in line for a while. We pick up our credentials so that the security people can identify us when necessary. We pick up our bags and we all go into these little sweet dormitory type things. Um, they're sort of like apartments. I was with another guy and there were two other rooms um, in one sort of suite situation. So that was how that went. And then the next day, I got up, had breakfast, went to the practice track, and I met Joaquim Cruz, who's one of the greatest 800-meter runners of all time. His time of 1 minute 41 seconds, 0.77, but still the fifth fastest 800-meter time in history um, at the time of this recording. Um, and so meeting him was a really great experience. It's, it's great to see someone who was a distance running great back in the 1980s who won multiple gold medals over the 800 meter distance, then giving back to this community in a really positive way and making it accessible to people who might not be able to have that 
that to begin with. So it's that was one of the greatest things I've ever witnessed someone want to do. One of the nicest things someone has wanted to do is is to give back to this community in a really positive and meaningful way. So a few days pass. I meet a few other athletes. We have these sort of administrative meetings talking about the where, the when, and the how. So, you know, how we get to the practice track, where we're going to be practicing, et cetera, et cetera. And so I keep training over the next several days. There was one day I was there. I did a few blistering 200-meter splits. I was feeling pretty good after that. I was I was sprinting from the 200-meter line just to, just to really focus on my long acceleration and being able to stretch out my acceleration over, over a longer period. Um, so that was what, that's what I was doing there. And, um, uh, yeah, then, uh, then I met up with Joaquin Cruz and he actually paired me off with, um, a sprint coach named Tony McCall who's a two-time NCAA champion over the 400-meter distance. Um, and he came, and he had a look at my form, and he said, get down on those blocks. So we did a lot of block work um, together, lots of working on my form, lots of focusing on getting out of the blocks and getting up to max velocity relatively quickly, but is still in a controlled enough manner that I was going to be able to race effectively. So a couple more days pass. I get to August 25th, which is the day that I ran the 400 meters in the T36 disability class. So I, I wake up in the morning. It's a bit of a rush getting everything together. Um, but I go over to the stadium in plenty of time. Um, and I do my thorough warm-up. I focus on controlling and regulating my emotions. I just I get myself ready for this thing that I'm about to do. I think about all the experiences I had in my childhood, overcoming this, this impairment, this disability, getting to this place of self-acceptance, of positivity, of this willingness to work, this drive to improve, this desire to succeed on the international stage. And so I take that with me into the call room because at that point we're going to get ready to compete in the 400 meters, of course. So I have a few last words with Joaquin Cruz and he's sort of the coach who's overseeing my experience at these games, my progression through the races, etc. So we have these little, a few final words and he says, you know, he, he tells me, don't worry about what the other people are doing, just run and focus on you. And so that's what I said I was going to do. So I step into the call room along with seven other T36 CP athletes. We check in by bib number, by name, by country. They take inventory on everything. And um, we sit down. A world-weary track official, probably in his 60s or 70s, comes around, checks our spikes, makes sure we're all good to go. And then they get us all lined up and count us off to make sure we're all in the right order and that we're, we're the correct competitors for this event. And so then they lead us back into call room two, which is where we drop our bags off. We get our spikes on. And at this point, we're literally minutes away from from racing the 400 meters of the pair of Pan American Games. It was really quite exciting and exhilarating and adrenaline filled at this point. 
So we take a few minutes and I walk over and there, and there are two sides to this call room, two sort of outlets to this call room. And on one side, it literally leads out onto the competition track. I hear the roar of the crowd just, just blast my face. It's, it's, it's an incredible thing. And I was, it made me kind of nervous, but I just channeled that energy and said, I'm going to run a great race. And then on the other side, it opened up onto a big stretch of synthetic track service for us to do a few final strides. For those who don't know in running, strides are like relaxed sprints to try and wake up the body a little bit before we really put it through that final sprint, that really hard, that, that long sprint. Um, so after a few of those, we all line up and we all are led out onto the competition track and we step up, we step out onto the 400 meter start line. I get my block set up. I do a few final strides. I do everything I got to do. I'm ready to go. I get down in the blocks, all the voices of the crowd quiet down, all 4,000 of them quiet down. And the official holds the gun aloft, calls us to set, and then the gun fires. And I erupt out of those blocks. I sprint hard the first 150 meters. I definitely run it hard. There's no question. I never, I never run easily. So I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing well in the first part of the race. Now, eventually I do get passed up, but I keep running just the same. I'm trying to run the best race I can. And then unfortunately, so I'm running down the back straight and then I come around that curve and unfortunately, I ended up disqualifying because I stepped out of my lane on that curve. Um, so I actually didn't find that out until well after the race had finished. And it was sort of, it was a very frustrating experience for me. I was, I was angry. I was down on myself. I just felt like it was a wasted opportunity. But I just had to tell myself, like, you know what? Like, we're going to continue on with this. I'm still here to run the 100 meters. And I get to run the 100 meters. So I put that out of my mind. And I had a day to train in between. And then on August 27th, which was my 20th birthday, um, it was the day I was going to run both the prelim and the final for the 100 meter dash. Now, in parasport, prelims are not all that common because the competition pool is smaller. But at this, there was a prelim, which is basically a qualifier round to eliminate people down to the top eight fastest times in the event and then the final is just running for medals essentially and places in the top eight um so after a day of training on august 27th i get on the bus and i go over to the practice track which is right next to the competition track and um i complete my warm-up as usual i do a few mental relaxation exercises i focus on making this experience the best it can be for myself. One of the things I talk about is I never make the experience of running about what other people are doing. I just focus on making myself the best athlete that I can be and focusing on my own circumstances, my own perseverance, my own training plan, my own nutrition, my own hydration. All of these factors are going to come together and make me the best athlete that I can be at any given time. So I realize that I owe it to myself to focus on those things. 
and compare and compare me to me. That's how I approach it. So I get all warmed up. I get prepared. I get hyped up. I get juiced up. I get warmed up. I'm excited to run this prelim. It's in the afternoon, around 3 o'clock. I get into the call room. We repeat the same process as before. All the athletes' names are called. We get up into a line. Um, they count us off to make sure everyone's been accounted for, and then we're led into call room two. I get my spikes on. They take our bags. We go back, and we do a few final strides before the prelim. Then we're called out onto the practice track. The World Raid track officials once again lead us out there onto the competition track. We look around us and we see these, all these spectators who have come here to watch the prelim. And we're all ready to run, me especially. I get down in the blocks. I do a few final practice starts to get myself ready to run successfully for this prelim. Then, after a few moments, the official calls us to our marks. We stand behind those blocks, and then we go around them to the front of them. We get down in the blocks, and I push my feet against the launch pads of the blocks. I push my feet against the synthetic surface of the block. I, I, I feel it underneath my feet, and I'm ready to explode away. The official raises his pistol, his starter pistol, and he says, set. I raise my haunches and brace my body to run. The gun goes off once again, and I shoot out of the blocks. At first, I can't see anyone. I'm alone in the lead. But then I see Alexis Chavez passes me on one side. One of the qualifier spots is gone for me at that point. I have to make top three in order to qualify into the next round. Then someone from the Dominican Republic passes me on the other side. I'm not going to let this go. So I kick this into another gear. I'm fighting for that final, that third and final spot, that third and final automatic guaranteed qualifier into the next round. Sure, I could have had the ne one of the next four fastest times, but I wanted I wanted it to be a guaranteed qualifier into the next round. So I ran hard those last 15 meters, harder than I ever have, and I made it in. I made it into the final at the Parapan American Games. I was ecstatic. A rush of euphoria, excitement, love for my sport, joy at having just competed on one of the biggest stages of my life just rushed through me all at once. I was so jazzed about everything. It was, it was so exciting for me. I waved to my dad in the audience. He was he was just beside himself at what I had just done. So then I, then I exit out the passageway to get from the competition track to the practice track where I go and I hang out for a few hours before the final. I spend time unwinding, foam rolling, stretching, fueling up, getting a final massage, and doing everything else I needed to do to get myself ready to 
run in this final at the pair of Pan American Games. So it gets to be about 7.30, and I go over to the call room and check in one more time. I go over and I sit down in those chairs just as I had twice before. The other eight athletes who advanced to the final all surround me in those chairs. And they, a world where a track official once again comes up with a clipboard and he calls our names off one by one. Our last names. Chavez, Pereira, Domingo, there are others. And then gets to my name, Pierce. I stand up. We all stood up solemnly at that point, and we all got in line behind one another. We knew what we were about to do. We were here to run the 100 meters, and we were all here to win it. We were all eager to win it, so we all get in line, and the official leads us back into call room two one final time. I do a few, I have a few final moments with myself of preparation of getting my spikes on and then it's time to run and for me something happened when I stepped out onto that competition track for the last time at the Parapan American Games I had this realization that I was running more for myself than I ever had in my entire life so much about my life experience has been about overcoming my cerebral palsy through sport Overcoming my disability, beating the odds, hitting standards, exceeding expectations through pushing my body at a sport that many able-bodied people wouldn't commit themselves to. But I got there and I realized that was something I was going to have to let go of. I was running for more than myself at this point. I was running for my country for my teammates, for my parents, for my friends. I was running for something greater than myself. So at that moment, I really felt like I was on a level playing field. It wasn't something I've experienced in able-bodied sport very often. But here finally, I felt like it was the case. It really was a level playing field for me. And I allowed myself to smile at that, knowing that I had finally let go of something that I'd struggled with for so many years of my life. And so, you know, we all go out there onto that competition track one final time. We look around us. The atmosphere has changed. Darkness was hanging over the stadium, I remember. There were so many people in the crowd holding national flags, holding the U.S. flag and the Mexican flag and the Argentinian flag. Just just so many people getting so excited. I took a few final strides and a few final practice starts out of the blocks. But after that, it was time to get going. The official called us to our marks. I stood in front of those blocks I did a few final jumps, plyometric jumps, to get my body ready for the explosive event it was about to run. I got down on those blocks. The official raised a starter pistol 
and cried, Set! We raised our haunches and braced our bodies to run. The gun went off, and I ran for my life like I've never run before. My legs were like pistons, hitting the ground repeatedly with each stride, getting faster and faster as I cleared the blocks and left them far behind. My shoulders were like cogwheels as my arms rotated and alternated stepwise as I made my way down the track, left, right, left, right. I've heard, I heard 4,000 voices that night, and of all those, I was able to pick out one voice. That voice belonged to my dad. It was the loudest sound I've ever heard. He was so invested in everything I was doing, my dad. He'd been so emotional about my diagnosis with the CP and so proud of me then for overcoming it. I was happy too, and I was glad to hear his voice. We reach around the 50 meter mark and I start to struggle. And ultimately, I finished in seventh place. It's not a medal, but I'll take it. This Parapan Am Games experience has just altered my perception of what I can do and who I can be in such amazing ways that I don't really think about the medals that much. I think more about self-transcendence working towards getting better, improving myself. I've transformed my body so much over the past seven years almost that I just really don't need to focus on this kind of normative social comparison. I want to be the best athlete I can be. And running for Team USA has helped me do that. There were a couple of stories I shared with with some of my teammates, a couple of CP athletes. And one of them asked, have you ever thought about if you weren't born with CP, how fast you would sprint a hundred meters? And I just told him, well, I don't really think about that. And he said, well, people ask me how far would I throw the javelin if I hadn't been born with CP, right? And I asked, so, so what do you tell him? And I remember he turned to me, he said, probably 0.0 meters. I nod my head, and we both understand. The two of us realize that as athletes with CP, we're attracted to this Paralympic sporting environment because of the opportunity it affords us to overcome challenges. My physical challenge is cerebral palsy, and without having to have faced that challenge, I might never have even showed up to a start line put on a pair of spikes, or stepped into a set of blocks. There's so many ways the track and field has changed my life for the better and helped me become the person that I am now. And I just think that so much of that is augmented by the challenge I've had to experience growing up as an individual with cerebral palsy. And I really hope that as I continue on to pursue the Paralympic A standard over the next six or so months in the run-up to the 2020 Paralympic Games, that I can remember that it's about 
for me, this journey has been about self-transcendence. It's been about going the distance. It's been about rising above my challenge, but it's also been about accepting that challenge, becoming familiar with that challenge, interpreting that challenge in a positive way so that when race day comes around, I'm not grappling with those feelings anymore. And representing the U.S. has just been such a gift to me. I never thought growing up with CP that I was ever going to be doing anything like that. So this opportunity has been such a great experience for me, representing the U.S. at the Parapan American Games. I've, I've gone back to training since then, obviously. I've been training for the past few months. And since then, my training has reached a new level. The confidence that the Parapan Am Games have instilled in me has allowed me to break new ground in my training sessions, push through more pain, be more honest with myself about the areas in which I need to improve upon and go out and try and pursue a standard. So that's what the Parapan American Games have done for me. And I hope that my sharing about my experience running at those games might help inspire other people to not only transcend barriers in their own lives, but to share the spirit of commitment and self-transcendence with other people they may know. I hope I can be a voice of inspiration to people who weren't born with silver spoons in their mouths. I hope that I can support people who come to sport or any venue in life at a bit of a disadvantage, but realizing that they can work through that disadvantage and that like me, they too can discover their true potential. Thanks for listening. This has been episode one of my new podcast. The name of that podcast, once again, is Long Sprints and Long Talks with Connor Pierce. I plan to do a regular upload schedule and begin uploading perhaps every week in the next little while here. So I hope I can upload um, a podcast on December 27th and then and in that episode I hope to discuss my feelings about the Paralympic A standard, my perceptions of the goal to hit that standard and my future plans for university and track and field. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you later.